Hello, and welcome to Commerce Confidential. I'm your host, Randy Cole. On this episode, we'll be talking about re-commerce and the circular economy. While the sale or resale of new or previously owned products might conjure thoughts of thrift shops, today's re-commerce experiences are empowering brands and consumers like never before. With sales expected to top $64 billion by 2024, re-commerce certainly has the power to benefit those on both sides of the transaction. To take a deeper dive on this topic, my guest today is Karen Dilley, Vice President of Partnerships at Recurate. Karen brings deep experience in the topic of re-commerce, having served in roles at both The Real Real and Sotheby's prior to joining Recurate. I'm excited to have Karen today on Commerce Confidential, so let's get to it. Karen, welcome to Commerce Confidential. Thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. So, hey, let's just get straight to it. We've got a lot to cover and you know, not a, enough time, so let's get after it. So the idea of promoting, you know, a circular economy, which is a new term for me, you know, is gaining a lot of momentum. So at a high level, what is re-commerce and, and how does a strategy of circular fashion specifically fit into that equation? Yeah, it's a great question. There's a lot of jargon in our space in general. And so kind of understanding it, understanding how these trends change, I think is super important. So at Recurate, the way we think about e-commerce is almost like the next wave of resale. So for a very long, people have been doing resale forever. You know, it's been around for a long time. A lot of it has been localized. So you go to your thrift store or swaps or things like that. And what I've seen in my career, as you mentioned, in going from Sotheby's to the real real and now Recurate, I've seen technology really be able to scale resale. So for us, re-commerce is truly that intersection of resale and technology. And it's technology's ability to really help uh, make resale more accessible, help people sell more, help people be able to find things that they want to buy. And so it's this next wave of using technology to expand the market of resale. Awesome. So let's get into a little bit more of the specifics then. You know, sustainability is certainly one of the pillars of e-commerce and the circular economy, but it's, you know, one word that's part of a huge topic. Um, that means a lot of different things to different people. So when we're talking about promoting sustainability through e-commerce, well, you know, what are the reasons to utilize e-commerce for, for that purpose? Yeah, and I think it might help also to step back and think a little bit about what circularity is. And I think a lot of people, again, it's another term like e-commerce that people throw out there. And circularity is really this idea that you can take an item and it doesn't just have one life. Um, I was reading this morning about uh, plastic bags versus like reusable shopping bags. And it's almost this kind of same idea. You know, before people didn't have plastic bags. They just use reusable shopping bags. And we really in the past hundred years started becoming pretty focused on consuming new items. And so there's a lot of what people call fast fashion out there where people just buy a lot of fast fashion and people are starting to become aware that those things don't last for very long. And that when you're done with them, they really end up mostly going into the trash. So in the past really 10 to 15 years, there's been a conversation about how do you make things last longer. And what does that look like? And to me, that's where this term circularity has come out of it. Resale is one part of circularity. There is also upcycling and recycling um, and kind of a lot of different things that you can do. Resale is probably the most accessible and easiest because it's not changing the garment at all. It's moving the garment from one person to another. So that's how I think about circularity and how it fits in 
with resale. And I think what's really interesting about it is at Recurate, what we've seen is brands getting involved in resale and circularity. And I say both because I think both are important components of how we rethink the way that we consume and the way that items therefore are produced. And so a big element that we talk to a lot of our brands about is how do you think about circularity before the items even created? You know, how do you make it from materials that can be recycled or just high quality materials that can last a long time, which means it can have that second, third, fourth, fifth life on the resale marketplace. So all of this circularity, resale, recycling, all of it is a bigger part of sustainability strategy. And a lot of people, when they talk about sustainability, talk a lot about the inputs. So using recycled materials to create new items, things like that. I think that's one element of it. I think I like to think about, okay, you've got sustainability on the materials and the supply chain. How do you also create sustainability after an item's created? And that's really where resale and circularity play a big part. No, I think it's excellent. It's obviously a, a big topic. You know, one of the things I've been preaching for years in the commerce space is the idea of benefiting both sides of the transaction, you know, yeah. the brand and the customer benefit. And really what you're doing is bringing that to life in, in a really 21st century way. So it's just, you know, pretty exciting to see where this is going. But, you know, let's break this down a little further since it's, a, you know, yeah. it's a complex topic. Really simply, who are the players in the e-commerce ecosystem? What does that mean when we talk about circularity in the ecosystem of e-commerce? Yeah, I love talking about this because I feel like it's a fairly new space. Recurate's just two and a half years old now. And so this idea of brands engaging with resale is new and there's a lot. I mean, one of the brands we're talking to is like every quarter there's a new aspect of it. So just kind of walking through what that looks like. So a lot of branded resale or branded re-commerce traditionally has been what you would call a take-back model. So customers go to the store, they drop off an item they don't use anymore. They get usually a nominal amount of site credit, and then that item goes for sale. Usually it has to be shipped to a warehouse and photographed or cleaned or repaired. And it's honestly a pretty labor-intensive process. The real world is similar. It's like a managed marketplace where you send it in and it's authenticated and housed somewhere. And we saw this really emergence, especially among millennials and Gen Z, of a lot of comfortability with what we call peer-to-peer. -peer. So directly going from one customer to another. So taking out those steps of needing to ship the item to a warehouse, store the item, catalog it, photograph it, clean it, all those things. And we were like, how do we scale resale in a really asset light way so that brands can participate without having to build out an entire infrastructure? So that's where the idea for Recurate came from. And I think it's taking this behavior that we know, which is this take back and kind of expanding it and scaling it with peer-to-peer. -peer. I mean, eBay has been peer-to-peer -peer for over 20 years. And what we really wanted to do was bring that back into the brand ecosystem. So historically in the space, your only option to buy secondhand is through what we call third-party marketplaces. So the real world, Poshmark, Depop, eBay, you know, all these kind of other marketplaces that own all the information, all the data, all the customer engagement. And so we curate 
was created with the idea that brands should have insight into that. They should keep those brands in the ecosystem. So now we've evolved in creating what we call a resale operating system, resale OS, where you as a brand can pick and choose how you want to create your resale system. So you could have a take-back component or maybe an in-store take-back component where they go into the store or just ship items in online. You can have the peer-to-peer because that's really scalable, easy to spin up quickly. Or you could do um, recycling, refurbishment, those kinds of things. Kind of depending on your product and your customers, you have this a la carte menu. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. Another aspect of this space in general is brands have also been tapping into the third-party marketplaces and partnering directly with them. We see that with ThreadUp has a few of those partnerships. I actually worked on that team at The Real Real, where we work directly with brands on those partnerships. So kind of a lot of different ways to get involved, depending on what your strategy is. Sure. No two brands are alike, so no two strategies will be exactly alike. And there's a number of different business models for a brand to adopt, depending on what fits best for them. Exactly. Um, you know, beyond the Recurate platform, are there other technologies, you know, that enable e-commerce? For me, you know, we think about fashion brands, a lot of talk about, you know, counterfeits, you know, Nike pulled out of Amazon for that reason with new product. So is there technology beyond the Recurate platform to help in this process of the circular economy? Yeah, it's a great question. I think a lot about when I was at Sotheby's and we would, um, you know, paintings were hard to authenticate too. You know, you look at like the underpainting and the layers and a lot of those artists aren't alive anymore. So they can't authenticate the pieces. And um, I actually worked with the Van Gogh Museum on authenticating a Van Gogh that we were trying to sell. So there were some artists, estates or museums like the Warhol estate for a while that would help authenticate items. But really the art world was pretty disjointed between the primary market of selling the item and the secondary market. So it's been really really cool to see, again, technology play a larger role in that. And now we're seeing that my favorite technology in resale that we dovetail very nicely with, which is digital ID. And this idea that everything can have a unique ID. And it really gained a lot of popularity, you know, a year and a half ago when people started talking about NFTs and this idea that digital items could have their own unique ID and not be repeatable or copied and pasted. Still, I think highly debated among quite a few people if that is is the future or not. But where I see it's interesting is that digital ID connects to a physical product. And so that is what we see as a massive win, particularly with authentication and resale, but honestly kind of paints this tremendous picture of an item throughout its life cycle. So an item, when they decide to make it, gets a digital ID assigned to it and you get all that information. You know, we talked about sustainability. A lot of people think about the inputs. So you get the idea of where the raw materials come from, how it tracks through, where it's manufactured, all that information. It sells new. And then beyond that, you also get to see how it changes over its life cycle. So, you know, I buy a Gucci bag. It has a digital ID. They don't have digital ID yet, but if you're listening, Gucci, we encourage you to do that. Um, you could sell when you sell the item, that ID goes with it. So it's an authentication way to know that that item is actually authentic to Gucci and you can match up those numbers. So it's taking a lot of brands have serial numbers, kind of taking it to the next level and digitizing it using the blockchain to make sure you can show the change of custody as well. So that's a super exciting space that I think is getting more and more traction. We actually partner with another tomorrow. 
and they've had unique item IDs, not just on the SKU level, but on the actual item level since they started. And so as part of their resale program, they use that to authenticate the items before they're resold. I love it. Really big fan of the blockchain. I really think that's where NFTs are going. You mentioned authentication, product warranty, provenance of materials used. It could all be tied together on a ledger that's public and verifiable. Great way to tie it back into this you know, idea of re-commerce. So from a seller perspective, let's kind of switch gears a little bit. From a seller perspective, re-commerce you know, has got to be simple. You know, what we'll talk about, you know, in terms of design, UX, content, customer service, what considerations improve the experience for, you know, of brand managed resale? Yeah, this is something we thought about a lot. And I think it's why a lot of customers have gravitated towards a take back program because they're like, I don't want to do all the work, you know, like this is a lot of work. And they think, you know, I don't want to have to sell it or figure out where to sell it, all that stuff. So what we did when we created Recurate and what we really keep in mind from a branded experience is how do you make it truly as easy as possible for sellers? And that is the unlock and resale because you know, as well as I do, there's a bunch of stuff in everyone's closets. We have a bunch of stuff. So how can you get them to start selling it. So one of the ways that we do that is we directly integrate into a brand's website on the back end and we tap into their catalog and connect their catalog to resale. So if you as a customer, you bought a Claire V bag and you know, you're like, I love my bag, but I want to sell it and buy a new one. You just have to go into your order history, hit resell, and it pulls all that original information. So sometimes you'll see on eBay or Poshmark, they'll like try to screenshot the original pictures and post those. Well, here you don't have to do that. All you really have to do is add the condition since that's the only thing that should have changed since you originally bought the item. And so a big part of the UX that we designed and the way that our technology integrates with a brand's e-commerce is to make it truly as easy as possible to sell. Um, And I think that is a big difference. And building out this resale operating system, we also think, well, what are the other touch points that customers want? Do they want to drop off in a store? You know, they just want to be done with it. They want to get their credit and then buy a new bag. Or do they want to ship in and have the item recycled because it's no longer resellable? So we've really built out this suite of services that can help a brand think through all the different options that they want to offer to their customers and make it as easy as possible. Amazing. Let me kind of close the loop here with, you know, a question. You you recently put out a, a report about e-commerce which we'll get to in a second, but there's a lot of great data in there. Among it was around generational data. So, you know, how are different generations engaging in e-commerce and are there different, you know, considerations at the brand level around that? Yeah, I love talking about this. Um, I think the most millennial thing about me is that I've explicitly worked in resale. Um, So I've definitely bet my career on it growing. When we did this resale report, we had um, a basic fundamental understanding that brands needed to get involved in resale. When we talked to brands, a lot of them didn't have the ability to survey their customers to see what the motivation was. So a lot of this, you know, it's called circular fashion is now. It's this idea of really helping brands understand what their customers' desires and preferences are. I think one of the things that stood out to me the most is that in the 11 markets that we surveyed, which was North America and Europe, they really... 74% of the people were already engaging in the secondhand marketplace. So like they're already buying and selling secondhand. I mean, it's a massive number when you think about, uh, you know, a behavior that brands cannot currently tap into at all. 74% of their customers are doing it. And so that to me said that like, that's across genders, that's across ages, that's across demographics. So this is really 
almost a mandate from customers. They're doing this behavior. They want to want to be involved with it. If you do look and segment a bit more into, we call them young people, so people under 30, which is a mix of millennial and Gen Z, there is this new cohort emerging. We called them circulars. So they're both buyers and sellers. And they're very fascinating because Often people talk about resale as like either you are a buyer or a seller, like you're not both. And we're seeing this group emerge called circulars and they buy and sell and they do it really frequently. So they're the exact customer that brands want to engage with because they're the kind of customers that want to buy an item, take their Instagram picture or take their Snapchat picture, send it out and then resell it and then get a new item. So they are the embodiment of that buy, sell, buy, sell. So it needs to be a high quality product that they feel like they can get a life out of. And so that to me was like a really cool new development in this younger generation. But I will say across all ages, I think people say like boomers don't do really, don't do resale or Gen X. They do. Everyone does resale. So it's very cool. To, it was great to have these numbers behind a space that People want to segment or want to say like, oh, my customers don't do that. But in reality, they're doing it. Sure. And it, it's obviously generational. You mentioned, you know, the circulars, no different than being a creator and a consumer of social media. So they're creators, but they're also consuming content on TikTok. Um, also, you know, being able to trade up to brands they may not be able to afford early in their professional careers and become luxury customers, you know, years before they might otherwise be able to. So it's really, you know, interesting Exactly. And uh, anyone can go down to recurate.com slash resale report. You can download the full report. There's also some really interesting data in there about this try before you buy almost kind of aspect where people can try at a lower price point. So value was the number one reason that buyers wanted to try branded re-commerce. They really wanted to exactly what you said, test an item, see what the value is at a lower price point first. And then they were more likely to be willing to to be loyal to a brand if they had branded re-commerce. So it was super exciting to see that these customers really are demanding this. That's awesome. Tell our listeners one more time where they can get the report. Yeah. If you go to recurate.com slash resale report. Awesome. There's a lot to cover. The report has a lot more detail. I encourage everyone to download it and give it a read. Really great insights, Karen. So thank you so much for joining Commerce Confidential. Yes. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. I'd like to once again thank Karen Dilley of Recurate for being our guest today. And thank you for listening. Commerce Confidential is a Gorilla Group, a Wonderman Thompson Company production. Original music by Adam Lee Murphy. Thanks, Adam. Production and editorial support by Betsy Stewart and Fiona Jessup. Please take a moment to like or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your click just takes a second, but its impact lasts a lifetime. Join us soon for another episode of Commerce Confidential, and in the meantime, 